0: The roads less here, very monsters. He These are the Backroads. Hello, patron patrons. Let me move the mic a little bit. Uh welcome to episode 26 of the Patreon exclusive podcast, STS Backroads. Uh if I'm a little out of sorts it's because I am recording this after uh episode 5.05 of the main show and the sun is out and it's it's the early morning because I took a nap in my like I I explained in the main episode um but it's the sun is out and everything is weird like I usually do this in the dead of night and everything's dark so if I'm a little off kilter that is why but I want to talk tonight about a local true crime story, uh, a local to me, uh, the story of Peggy Casey, this happened when I was in fourth grade in 1994. Yes, I'm that old. And, uh, I just remember it very vividly, like a lot of details, cause it was a weird couple of weeks around here, but I wanted to get into it. I've been trying to find an excuse to tell the story for a while, and, uh, this back road episode seemed like the perfect time to do it. I will preference. This is, uh, a little gruesome, a little violent of a case, uh, probably more than what I've covered ever on the show before. So I'm just giving you that trigger warning up front. If, uh, there's going to, we're going to talk about some, uh, dis like some dismembered body parts and things like that. So, If that is something you don't want to uh, hear about or listen, then maybe skip this one. It's not going to be that long, I don't think. And I'll come back next week, refreshed, and I'll talk about uh, something else. I think we're going to talk about some lake monsters in the coming weeks. I'll get into it later. But let's get into this case uh, from, dare I say it, my childhood, which sounds weird, uh, the case of Peggy Casey. 37-year-old Peggy Casey, a mother of four, was last seen leaving a bar in downtown Covington, Kentucky. Yes, that is the same Covington, Kentucky that I was going to use in the last Vampire episode before I found out the book that I bought was a work of historical fiction. Casey would leave a bar in downtown Covington, Kentucky in the early morning of April 2nd, 1994, and she would never be seen alive again. That night, Casey left with a former strip club owner by the name of Ray Clutter. Clutter's son Floyd and Floyd's friend Paul White also joined along. The four went back to Floyd's mobile home in nearby Florence, Kentucky. The two younger men left to buy beer, and they returned to a half-naked Casey Peggy. Peggy and White retired to Floyd's bedroom, where she told White that Clutter had just raped her. It was at that moment when Ray Clutter burst through the door with a butcher knife and dragged her down the hall, at first trying to drown her in the bathroom, but ended up slitting her throat with the knife. Ray Clutter then instructed the two younger men in assisting him in dismembering her body. They put her upper torso, lower torso, legs, and head into separate garbage bags. The men then drove north across the river into Cincinnati, where they disposed of her purse. Driving further north, they disposed of the garbage bags in several counties across the Miami Valley just above Dayton, Ohio. It wouldn't be long for some of the remains to be discovered. Later that same day, two fishermen heading to Spring Creek on the corner of Rusk and Deweese Roads in Miami County discovered the lower torso of Casey's body. And like I said, I've I've known about this case since fourth grade, since 1994. It's ingrained in my mind but I never really looked in a whole lot on where stuff happened and where locations were. Uh, that that location, the corner of those two roads, is two miles from where I am right now. Later, her legs were found just off of State Route 235 in Champaign County, which is the uh, next county over. Finally, Casey's head was discovered by a couple driving down Cowpath Road, which is just a mile or so north of where the legs were recovered. Peggy's upper torso has never been found. And I remember this. It it lasted a couple of few weeks, I think. I remember it taking a long, like it was in the news for a while uh, because they would just kept finding them. And eventually, you know, they found everything they could find. It also sticks in my head because my fourth grade teacher, I believe, I'm trying to get some confirmation on this, but I believe he said something to us once about how he and his wife, because I I think he lived out near there. lived on a farm, I'm not sure, out near where they found her head. uh, And they were taking a walk and they walked by a wooded area and they saw a trash bag in a ditch And he made a comment to her about it. And then later, it turned out that that was indeed the trash bag with Peggy Casey's uh, severed head inside of it. So that is why, I mean, other than it just being so close to home and being on the news and something else happened. I'll get in here in just a second. That is what really makes it stick into my mind is that my fourth grade teacher walked past that those remains and uh may, you know said something about it and then it kind of turned out to be true but it is a tragic tale nonetheless you know, a mother of four never deserved to die never deserved anything and did not deserve this fate that was given to her but it was made worse by one of our local news stations who kept showing the head repeatedly on camera and uh they got in a lot of hot water for that. And rightly so. I have a link to, someone made a Reddit post about this and I found it on, on Google. And then someone linked uh, some imager uh, pictures of old news stories and where they talked about about that, about finding the remains and uh, about the whole news showing the remains and all of that. And it was literally like, one of the article was like, if you find this offensive, you need to write the FCC right now. Those are in the show notes, and you can check out those articles and give them a read. But the case after that, it went cold. About a year investigation went cold. Until 2000, when Clutter himself decided that he was going to give up some information he had on the Casey murder in order to get him a reduced sentence on another murder, on another charge. He was already in jail on a murder-for-hire charge, in which he attempted to hire someone to kill his ex-girlfriend. He went on to tell uh, Boone County Detective Todd Kenner that it was White who had killed Casey. When questioned, White admitted to helping dismember Casey's body, but said it was Raymond Clutter who had killed her with the butcher knife. In 2009, Clutter would be arrested for the murder of Peggy Casey. Even though there was no physical evidence of the crime, it was due to Paul White's testimony, which he gave with no plea deal in place that helped seal the deal. It took a while because as soon as his plan didn't work, as soon as White was like, listen, I helped, but that's the guy that did it. That's the guy that ended her life. Uh, he tried to flip uh, the law on everybody and said, you can't use that in court. I told you this in you know, stuff like that. And it got held up. And finally, a judge reviewed it all. And in 2009, he was arrested and convicted and went to trial. And uh, in 2010, Clutter was found guilty of the murder and sentenced to life on August 20th. And in another twist to this tale, Raymond's son, Floyd, was never convicted of his involvement in the crime as he died in Indiana in 1999. It has been surmised that Raymond Clutter arranged to have his own son killed before enough evidence could be gathered to arrest him. Allegedly. Uh, That's just a theory that some people have. Kind of makes a little bit of sense. He was already in jail for trying to hire someone to kill uh, his girlfriend, why not do it for his son before his, enough evidence could be gathered to get his son and everyone uh, arrested for this crime? But that is—it's like I said—it's it's not the biggest story in the world, but it hits so close to home because it happened so much. Well, it not happen, but so much of the aftermath took place here. I could get to everything that I just mentioned to you all of those roads, uh, where, where the remains were found, they're all within like 12 to 15 miles of each other within like half an hour, 45 minutes. I could get to all of them, you know, in a round trip. So it happened very close. And, uh, I just remember that being all over the news. Of course, my teacher uh 1994, fourth grade, it was, it was a weird April to be sure. And, uh, I've wanted to talk about it for a while. I wanted to kind of get it out there and get it off my chest. And now uh, the Backroads episode has given me a chance to do that. And now I've got that story told and out there to, to you guys and everyone else who hopefully will join the Patreon and listen to it someday. But that is it. That is the story of Peggy Casey, the murder of Peggy Casey. And there you go, another Backroads episode in the book's uh, true crime night is over now. It's true crime day, and next week on the show, on the main episode, we're gonna be talking about some lake monsters. Something I've wanted to talk about for the whole, like the whole run of the show, and I was like, I've never talked about lake monsters ever. Kind of touched on one way back in the day, but it wasn't. It was really more of a a myth, a Native American myth, than it was like a bona fide sighting. People have seen it type of sea monster or lake monster type affair. And uh, so we're going to get into, I think, Lake Alkali Monster, which I believe, I don't remember, just at the top of my head. It's going to be one of them just because it's kind of lesser known and it's just like this, just terrifying, like alligator on steroids type of monster. And then I think I'm going to talk about Champ and Langsham Plane and all of that. But next episode, some lake monsters coming at you. So that's what you have to look forward to. Uh, once again, thanks everyone supporting and listening and engaging in the Patreon means the world to me. And uh, just thank you. Thank you so much for the support. I will never stop saying it. I can never stop saying it. And uh, with that, the sun is up. Uh, I'm turning back into a tomato or a to- whatever that is. And uh, I'm going to get out of here. So I will talk to everyone on the next main episode of the show. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, take care. Goodbye, uh, Patreons. <laughs> I'll never come up with a great ending for this show.